0: I think what we get drawn into is really sort of pepping ourselves up and kind of going on the defense or on the attack rather than focusing our energy on really strengthening who we are, particularly as women at our core, because all of us have a narrative about how we view ourselves and how we see ourselves in the world and what we view as our gifts and skills and our offering and when we see those marketing campaigns they're, they're sort of speaking to the vulnerabilities within mm-hmm. us and they're targeting our most sort of shameful parts of ourselves and if we're able to connect and that resonates with us for us to really call those into question So almost not wasting our energy on challenging those external bodies that are doing that, but really focusing on going, how can I take myself into the most empowered place that I can be? How do I find my voice in this space, in this world? How do I become the change I want to see? Hello
1: and welcome to Women on Top, the weekly podcast that explores business, work and money through honest conversations with women on a mission brought to you by me, Frankie Cotton. My guest today is psychotherapist and founder of The Recover Clinic, Emmy Brunner. During her 20 years in the field, Emmy has discovered patterns in the way women are conditioned to respond to trauma and life challenges. She believes that we've all experienced trauma in our lives and that mental illness is our response to trauma. In this episode, Emmy tells us that our patriarchal society and advertising culture bullies women and we have to find ways to build inner strength and resilience so as not to accept unachievable beauty standards as the norm. These messages are created to tap into our vulnerabilities and foster feelings of shame and our healing is to separate from them and find our own voice. We also discuss the impact of moving online this year and the impact of the pandemic and social isolation on our mental well-being. And finally, Emmy calls for us to look for joy and embrace life and to challenge ingrained beliefs within us that say that's not possible. This conversation was recorded on the 27th of November 2020. I hope you enjoy listening. If you're enjoying this podcast series, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us to be more visible, which ultimately means we can bring you more interviews with inspiring women. Thank you. This episode of Women on Top is brought to you by On. On provides a range of organic period products designed to help you manage your cycle. They are vegan, cruelty-free and offer tampons and pads that are 100% organic cotton, meaning you don't have to worry about any nasty chemicals. Using On's subscription service, you can design your own period box, which is custom made with suitable absorbencies and the right number of menstrual products to suit you. You have full flexibility with your subscription and can edit, cancel or skip your box whenever totally stress-free. On also has a selection of vegan CBD oils and a vitamin-based elixir that works to combat cramps, muscle spasms and to balance those hormones. You can find out more about On using the link in the podcast show notes or on our website at thewhatpodcom forward slash on that's spelt O-H-N-E emmy welcome to women on top
0: thank you so much for having me how are you first of all i'm really good i've had a really uh, busy week with work but that's good that's fun um yeah i'm grateful happy to be here good well emmy i wonder if if we could start
1: can you tell us what brought you to the field of psychotherapy and the work that you
0: do Yep. Um, I trained to be a psychotherapist um, pretty young. It's a second career for a lot of people. Um, But I was in my early 20s when I qualified. Um, And I think I was really, first and foremost, really intrigued about how we can support people to heal um, and support their own sort of mental health journeys. And my own experience is that I'd been really unwell as a young person and had various different Sort of mental health crises and really struggled to find the kind of support and help that I felt I needed um, and just wasn't very inspired to get better um, and so when I trained I really wanted to create something that was going to inspire life in people again rather than just teaching them how to manage their mental health conditions. Mm, yeah that's super
1: interesting and I guess how has that sort of played out in terms of your ethos and your approach to working with clients? Because I know it's sort of slightly different to, to maybe what some people might be used to or, or be expecting.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really relationship focused. And really, the priority is to get to know a person and treat a person rather than a diagnosis. And I guess what that means is that as human beings, we all have different wants and needs. And When you create a safe space for somebody to be really seen and heard, that can be really healing to them. I think the approach has evolved a lot over the years because my insight has grown and the kind of clinical skill that the team has has really developed. And what we've found over the years is really focusing on trauma and unprocessed trauma has really unlocked people's capabilities of healing just about anything, even like the most complex conditions. And I think when we pathologise people and their symptoms, we really make healing and the prospect of being completely sort of well and balanced really uh, untangible and unachievable. Mm. Um, And when people think of their symptoms more as strategies for coping and responses for trauma then suddenly they don't feel so odd anymore, they don't feel so stigmatised anymore and everything becomes a process of healing and just a place of finding balance where you're able to respond to your needs and wants and nurture yourself. Mm.
1: Yeah, I find that really interesting and, you know, talking there about overcoming trauma, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot recently, how that for women just living in a patriarchal society sometimes just feels like a traumatic experience in itself. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. wonder, like, would you say that that's fair? And is that sort of something that as women, you know, we all sort of at some point uh, come into contact with or, or there's this sort of force at some point when we realize that and we have to do some healing?
0: Yeah I think I gosh I think there's so many of us that don't become aware of that or don't become conscious to that and we kind of go about our days not being aware of those things. I think for those of us that are privileged enough to get that sort of insight then we could or can feel inspired to try and challenge or change those systems and certainly myself being a young Uh, I I guess like non-conforming therapy type person in a very old white male environment it was really challenging for me to find my voice and certainly to be respected amongst my peers Um, and I think I made a decision very early on that if I was going to do well I was going to have to really adopt a bit more of a lone wolf mentality because I was just not getting any support from anybody around me. Everybody seemed very entrenched in the way things had always been. Um, and we're very threatened by what I was doing and really challenged Mm -hmm. by it. So I think, yeah, I think it is something that's traumatic and I've certainly found it extremely challenging, but I guess how we respond to our traumas is key, isn't it? And for me, it kind of sparked a bit more of a sort of ferocious ambition to really buck against that and do something different. Um, even though, maybe I was feeling terrified about it at the time I was still able to put one foot in front of the other and achieve what I wanted to chief yeah mm.
1: and with that in mind i really resonated with the article that you wrote for huffpost um entitled aren't we all being bullied in mm. which you say we exist in a culture that thrives on and endorses covert widespread bullying marketing campaigns tell us on a daily basis that we're not good enough smart enough slim enough fit enough or pretty enough and that because of these deficiencies we are somehow not fully formed human beings. Mm. And I think that that is extremely powerful. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, how can we start to build up our armour so that we
0: don't internalise these messages? I think part of it is becoming really awakened to what your narrative is about yourself. So I think what we get drawn into is really sort of pepping ourselves up and kind of going on the defense or on the attack rather than focusing our energy on really strengthening who we are, particularly as women at our core, because all of us have a narrative about how we view ourselves and how we see ourselves in the world and what we view as our gifts and skills and our offering. And when we see those kind of marketing campaigns, they they're they're sort of speaking to the vulnerabilities Mm -hmm. within us and they're targeting our most sort of shameful parts of ourselves and if we're able to connect and that resonates with us for us to really call those into question so almost not wasting our energy on challenging those external bodies that are doing that but really focusing on going how can i take myself into the most empowered place that i can be i recognize that this advert, this kind of campaign is really speaking to a part of me that feels very shamed and inadequate and unvalidated. How do I find my voice in this space, in this world? How do I become the change I want to see? And I think it doesn't occur to a lot of us to really challenge ourselves to become truly empowered. Mm. We respond to a crisis, we react, but do we kind of quietly? stoke the fires within and become truly passionate about who we are and create space and permission for ourselves to really go after what we want. Yeah
1: I think that's it isn't it sometimes it's that permission to to go after what you want so rather than responding to others which I think is a lot of what women are perhaps socialized to do is is how can we find what, we, what we're after and what's inside us and I think that that's certainly f- for me I don't want to put this experience on anybody else but that's been a big challenge for me is, is sort of once you take away that responsiveness to a crisis or to others it's sort of what, what else is mm, who am mm, I without that mm. I know who I am and how I respond in relation to others but I don't know who I am or, or what I stand for Without that, um, is that a big part of the work that you do with your clients?
0: I think, yeah, that's exactly the kind of work that we do. And I think particularly with uh, my coaching clients, um, being able to broaden their horizons about what they see themselves as capable of is is just such a joyful part of the work because the ambitions and goals that we're working to in like month one to two to three are so radically different from the work that we're doing month six to month I don't know 12 so in the beginning we're kind of quietly starting to build confidence quietly trying to find our voice and by the end we're sort of planning out business strategies and executing campaigns and, you know, really sort of going for it. And I think I'm always struck by how wonderful the world would be if women realised just how powerful they were and really stepped into and owned their power, like how incredible that would be. I shock myself about what I've been capable of doing. And I think, God, I did that even sort of quivering in my boots at points and what would it have been like if I really was able to invest confidence and a a strength and a belief in myself at a younger age given what I've achieved even now and I think that's true for all of us
1: Mm. yeah definitely and for someone who is perhaps listening to this podcast thinking they're right at the beginning so they're one of those clients right in those early months Mm -hmm. you were just talking about um thinking they don't know where to start maybe they're feeling that they're in lots of pain or that they're lost Mm. where where Mm. where should they start where where can we begin to to counter some of this um I don't want to say negativity but these sort of cycles that we can get into
0: I think start being curious about what your story is You know, I think it's not about the big changes come when we're in flow and we're really stepping into our power. And that's when everything just flows like a river to us. But in the beginning, you've got to become wise and aware of what that narrative is because it's limiting you. And the obstacles that you're coming up against are there because of the narrative that you have about yourself. And soon as you become awakened to that and really conscious of what that is, you're in a position to challenge it. Whereas we can't challenge what we don't know and so much of it we've just become used to doing and unconsciously behave in ways that when we're just not mindful of. As soon as you start to become really mindful then that's when the magic happens I find. Mm. Great. Now, Emmy, the concept of
1: manifestation has been coming under some scrutiny recently, Mm -hmm. particularly when it comes to its use in finance. So the idea that you can sort of manifest a six-figure income in a short period of time, there's been a lot of that happening in an economic recession. Mm. And that does tend to ignore market economical constraints but i know that manifestation is a pillar of your approach and i wonder if you could explain your insight here so so how does manifestation work and i guess what are its limitations
0: i guess basically we are creating the world that we exist in through our thoughts and our beliefs about ourselves so it's it's not an accident when somebody thinks they're capable of doing anything that they do because What manifestation really means is that through our belief system we are creating opportunities for ourselves. When we're not limited by um, restrictive beliefs about ourselves or self-imposed obstacles then we are available to embrace and seek out more opportunities as a result and because of that we have those experiences. When people ask me about setting up a clinic and how I did that or why I did that or how I had the confidence to do that Um, people are really sort of surprised because I didn't have the confidence to do that it didn't occur to me that I was doing that I just did it because I didn't think I couldn't and so it wasn't that I was necessarily any more skilled than somebody else that could have done that I just didn't have the obstacle of thinking that that was impossible for me or something I wasn't capable of and so I think when there's a fundamental misunderstanding of manifestation, manifestation isn't closing your eyes Mm. and willing something into existence. It's taking positive action and challenging yourself to step into opportunities, to seek out people and experiences who are going to champion what it is that you're trying to achieve. And the more you believe in yourself and the more positive you are about the journey that you're on, the more likely that's going to happen and that is why like mindset is just 90% of the job mm.
1: and I wonder and I think perhaps you've you've sort of answered it there really but how can we then welcome more abundance into our lives i feel like abundance is is something that we're all seeking and and again this is perhaps something that is misunderstood you know we think abundance means more things or or more experiences and it's not necessarily the case and i wonder from your perspective how can we bring more truer
0: abundance into our lives i think this this might sound a little bit woo woo i don't know but i think for me just getting into that flow where you are seeking out people and experiences that make you feel joyful where you are um acting in a sense of service to others when you're able to where you have a sense of gratitude for what you have where you are um taking inspired action in your life that's when you get into kind of abundant flow and things people opportunities just start to present themselves and it's no longer a slog you know the amount of people when i'll say to them hey how you doing how's your week oh pretty good Uh, yeah just got getting through it or like this kind of really (laughs) depressing perspective and expectation of what life should be like something to kind of get through or manage to achieve um, by kind mm. of surviving through it and it's like really are these are our expectations for what it is to have a human experience or can we embrace life in a completely different way can we approach our relationships with a full and open heart can we pursue careers based on what we find inspiring and exciting and joyful and i think for those of us that don't do that often it's just because it didn't occur to us that we should I, growing up, I mm. was never, no one ever spoke like that to me. I wouldn't have had the first mm. clue how to handle something like that if advice had been given like that to me. I was very much put on the, you go to school, you do your A-levels, you go to university, and then you probably get married and have some kids. And that's kind of that. And it, nobody kind yeah. of encouraged me to think creatively about what's possible for me as a person. And I think that's something that's really mm. missing, you know, what would we all be doing if we mm. thought we
1: could? Yeah, I think I think that's super interesting. And also, you know, what you were saying there about, um, you know, being quite down and, and negative, I think that's a tricky one. Because when we think about this year, for example, you know, it's it's been a real test, to say the least, um, for a lot of people. And I wonder, you know, in Having these external circumstances that present themselves, right? It can be really tricky to maintain a positive mindset, or or really to create that attitude that you're talking about. How have you seen that play out this year, and how have you seen that, I guess, in your clients mm-hmm. and and overcoming some of some
0: of these the the trickier sides of the year. Oh, do you know what? I think this year has been amazing in lots of ways for lots of people because for the first time, people have been forced to stop. And for a lot of the people that I work with or have been in touch with clinic or, th- or through uh, my coaching service, they're for the first time perhaps ever thinking about what they're doing with their lives. And as difficult and as painful as aspects of this whole pandemic have been, it's called people to question the quality of the lives that they're living and isn't that the most wonderful gift and I'm not belittling the devastating effects that this has had on so many people but in the face of so many crises since time began good things happen as a result and I think if the one good thing that came out of this was that people started to value the things that they perhaps neglected to notice the the relationships in their lives the time that they could spend with loved ones and to really challenge some of the things that they do the amount of really high achieving women who I've either been friends with or know through work who've said that they're not spending enough time with their families that they're putting far too much pressure on themselves from a career perspective that actually they're, they're having they're doing jobs that they don't even enjoy and it's inspired them to make great changes in their lives so it's It's been a funny year for all of those different things but sometimes like I say the darkest moments are when a little bit of light comes Mm. in.
1: Yeah and I wonder on the flip side of that because I'm definitely there with you and I, I do believe that there will be a lot of positivity that will have come out of this year but one of the things I worry about is this movement online and Again from my personal experience I know that I'm on my phone a lot more, I'm on the internet and on social media a lot more and I wonder will that and our sort of physical social separation, do you think that will have an impact on our well-being and how can we start to maybe counter some of this sort of addiction perhaps to, to being online all the time?
0: I think it has countered our well-being, but I think it's been countering our well-being for a really long time. And I think being forced Mm. into a place where we weren't allowed to make human contact with each other has highlighted to everybody just, God, how desperate we are for that as human beings and how important it is to all of us. So, yeah, I think we're in trouble. And I think the things that we didn't notice were happening were increasing isolation, a sense of separation from one another was already playing out before this happened and it's just amplified that and highlighted it to us but we're now paying a little bit more attention we're now recognizing that we're really missing people that we can't see we're not able to touch one another in the way that we did before and these things that just didn't occur to us in the same way are suddenly resonating more profoundly than ever before so I think as a kind of a group of people as a race that we are already in a kind of spiritual deficit that we need to respond to. Um, And I'm hoping that this whole thing will prompt us to dig a little deeper and and fight for something better than we were settling for before.
1: Mm. Do you think that we're in danger of going back to how we were before?
0: I don't know, honestly. I think for some people, I, I think that this has created a shift that would never have happened had that not have um, played out the way that it did. Um, but for some people, we get very comfortable with what's easy and what's easy is what's familiar. So sinking back into those familiar patterns, um, I think, is inevitable for a lot of people. But hopefully, those of us that are inspired to do something differently will prompt change.
1: And Emmy, thank you so much for everything you've shared with us. I would love to just give you the opportunity before we wrap up. Is there anything that you've not mentioned that we've not discussed that you'd like to pass on to our
0: listeners? I guess just giving yourself permission and the courage to fight for something greater for yourself and to not kind of ignore or fob off that nagging but quiet voice inside your head that tells you that there might be something more because there is and if you pay attention and you start to listen then you can really tune in with what it is that your heart's seeking um and and I guess just being brave just be brave enough to do that and take those first steps Um, I'm just I'm so glad that I was prompted to do that and i see those kinds of transformations in the women that i work with and it's just it's just so inspiring um and i just hope everybody gets that opportunity
1: yeah definitely me too well thank you so much emmy it's been great chatting with you that's such a pleasure Thanks for listening to Women on Top, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on your favourite podcast app and spread the word. You can join in the conversation online using the hashtag TheWattPod and tagging us at TheWattPod on social media. And you can find all the details about our brilliant guests in the show notes. See you next time.